0: Cade Mila Folta, welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Letter from Ireland show. We're now on series three, episode seven. And in the show, like always, we love to visit the places of your Irish ancestors and bring their stories to life. And we have a particular place in mind today. I know many of our Green Room members, and perhaps some of our listeners on the show today, have often seen records connecting their ancestors to Queenstown, as it was known, or Cove in Ireland. And yet, many more have mentioned to us that they've seen the port of Liverpool in England pop up in their family searches. And yes, Liverpool is the place we're going to visit today. Have you ever wondered why some of your ancestors have listed Liverpool as the port from which they left for America and Australia? Well, in today's show, why why don't we take a look at what happened to many of our ancestors when they left Ireland and ask ourselves, why was Liverpool so significant and linked to many family histories? Before we start, let's get the housekeeping out of the way and, you know, all our show notes are found for this episode at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 307. So back to the show. The majority of you uh, Letter From Ireland readers and Green Room members, and maybe you two listeners, have discovered that your ancestors left Ireland in the 1840s and just a few years later, especially at the height of the Great Famine. They would have crossed the Irish Sea on their first leg of their escape from Ireland. We have to say escape as conditions were so terrible in Ireland at the time. There was no direct sailing from Ireland, so thousands landed in the port city of Liverpool on the shores of the Mersey River in the northwest of England. For some, their money ran out here. They could not afford to travel on as they had planned Uh, imagine a simple factor they just didn't have the money to complete their journey so they stayed put in liverpool others might have been too ill to travel further and yet some more stayed because unfortunately they fell victim to thieves and pickpockets along the quayside i shudder to think what it must have been like for people arriving into liverpool's quayside in the mid 1800s just picture thousands of very poor starving irish some very ill all malnourished, hearing English spoken around them and not understanding the language as some of them only spoke Gaelic. It's no wonder they felt prey to pickpockets and thieves. In fact, I think they were seen coming. But maybe they might have had a luckier escape than others because I read a report that illustrated something that happened in 1848. And it reported that the SS London Derry, which was a steamship that sailed at the time between Sligo to Liverpool, encountered very stormy weather conditions. There were 150 steerage passengers on board trapped in tight conditions in the hold below deck. Now, this hold measured only 20 feet long with six and a half feet headroom. When I read that, I thought I'd got the numbers incorrect. It's so tiny. And disaster struck, of course, and 72 passengers perished on that day. So 72 of the 150 passengers, steerage passengers, died. It was definitely a place we had to visit, Liverpool, as it's such a part of the Irish Ancestral Trail. And Mike and I felt compelled to make that journey, which we did a few years ago, before really I would have learned so much about Irish emigration. The Quayside nowadays has been redeveloped and it's a major tourist attraction in Liverpool and loads of people there on the day we were there. Everybody was happy. It was a sunny day. It was really lovely. One of the main attractions which caught our eye was a sculpture of four famous local guys. I wonder if you know who they are, but maybe I'll tell you later on in the show. And as you walk further out along the Mersey River at intervals along the Quayside, we noticed real tall pairs of pillars with strong iron gates now these were the entrances to the many docks that sprung up along the riverside so mike and i were in search of one particular gateway further out along the quayside and up further the mersey river so we headed out on foot and we left the developed central docks behind us and made our way along the quayside We passed many of the large gates that lined the dockside till we came to a a fairly run-down part of the quayside, I must admit. But the pillars and the gates were still standing strong. We had found what we were looking for. These old quay gates, they would have once swung open for our Irish ancestors. They were locked today, but this was Clarence Dock. This was the place where the emigrant Irish would have first set foot in the city from the 1830s when the dock opened. During the famine in the 1840s, I couldn't believe this, but 1.3 million Irish people travelled through this dock. And some of them stayed in Liverpool and would have crowded in around the area into cellars and houses in Vauxhall and Scotland Road, living in particularly unsanitary conditions. Unfortunately, the starving Irish arriving in such large numbers they weren't very welcome because they contributed and aggravated the already Liverpudlian problem of poverty and misery. And, you know, you can only imagine how difficult it was for our ancestors at that time. Maybe one of your own ancestors made this journey to Liverpool. And maybe in time they moved out of Liverpool because some people did move on to London and other British towns and cities and still more moved away over to Waterloo Dock, as we know now, if they had the money and they boarded a ship to America. And here are my impressions standing in front of Clarence Dock when Mike and I eventually found it. I'm here at Clarence Dock and the sign here on the wall is so faded and this is now the point where many thousands of Irish people would have come through into Liverpool. The dock here beside me is derelict and nowadays it's really on the seedier side of Liverpool. No indication here at all of all the thousands of Irish people that would have trooped through here in the 1800s. Also, this area now I believe is going to be developed into a football pitch in time. So it's amazing to think that we're standing here and yet it's just the side of a very busy road and a long forgotten time today. So you can hear the noise because um, that recording was done at the side of a very busy road. And while the dock behind us, Clarence Dock, was very run down and neglected, it also gave you the feeling of maybe what it really was like for people to step out into a busy city at the time. And uh, Mike and I were disappointed because I couldn't see any plaque or memorial or anything to the Irish people who had passed through. But afterwards, we actually discovered that there was a tiny, tiny plaque way up high on one of the pillars, and it did actually commemorate the 1.3 million and acknowledge the Irish that had passed that way. In one year alone in 1846, 280,000 people had entered Liverpool through that gate, and less than half of them had moved abroad. So there's a strong Irish connection to Liverpool, and the story of the Irish in Liverpool is the story of many of our ancestors, And across the road from Clarence Stock that day, we saw a name plaque of the road leading into the city. And what was it called? But Dublin Road. So the connection to Ireland still remains strong, even on the road signage. And that connection to Ireland Ireland brings many visitors to the city. So I'm going to move on now because one of our Green Room members, Eunice, visited the city of Liverpool and she wrote in to tell us about it about what she saw and gave us a glimpse to and you can't talk about Liverpool without talking about the famous Liverpudlian humour so here she describes her visit to Liverpool and so I'll, I'll read the letter from Eunice interesting visit yesterday Liverpool has two cathedrals the gothic designed Anglican and the Roman Catholic Metropolitan Cathedral of Christ the King which was built in the 1960s and is affectionately referred to by the locals as Paddy's Wigwam or the Mersey Funnel. If you know anything about Liverpudlians, it will no doubt feature aspects of their unique humour. So what is it built on the site of a poor house or a workhouse that took in Liverpool's poorest and destitute people? By the mid-1800s, over half a million Irish people had come to Liverpool from Dublin or Cork to either travel onwards to America and many Irish people simply stayed in Liverpool, worked on the docks and the canals and most people in Liverpool today can tell you of their Irish roots. Those who didn't make it often ended up in the local poorhouse. By the 1900s, there were over 4,000 people incarcerated there And after the poor houses were dissolved with the relief acts, the building was razed to the ground. And then the land was bought with contributions from the public, many of them were Irish, and the church's foundation stone was laid in 1904, even though it was not fully built until the 1960s. So if you're ever in Liverpool... Eunice says go and see this very different building inside you will find there are three great big books containing names of all those who donate anything at all and you can still donate today to pay for the upkeep of the church but if you look in those books you will see many names of Irish people Eunice Hawkins well thanks very much for painting that wonderful picture And a reminder to Eunice of just what a significant part the city of Liverpool played in the lives of many of our ancestors. So after our trip to Clarence Dock, we went back into the city centre actually and climbed the hill over the city to see both churches that were described so eloquently there by Eunice. And the Catholic Church does indeed look like Paddy's Wigwam or the Mersey Funnel, as the locals call it. I can't do a show about Liverpool without searching out a letter from Ireland on this historic city. And of course, I found one. It's a while since we had one of Mike's letters from Ireland on the show. And this letter almost picked itself as it is all about Liverpool and the Fab Four. Oh, I think I might have left the cat out of the bag there now. As you remember, I mentioned that statue of those famous guys on the quay side at the start of the show. Well, I suppose you have guessed who they are now fab four and all but back to mike's letter and he begins the rising of liverpool it's thought that the name liverpool comes from learpool meaning murky pool in english if this is the case it ties in very nicely with its sister city across the irish sea because dublin comes from the irish dove Ling, also meaning dark or murky pool dove meaning black Uh, Liverpool Castle was built in the early 1200s and looked out over a port that was used to send and organise armies for Ireland. It remained a small outpost for many years, but then the first cargo arrived from the Americas in 1648 and things developed rapidly. The early shipments to Liverpool were tobacco, mostly sugar from the colonies and West Indies, and they were exchanged for local English cloth, coal and salt. But it wasn't just on this exchange of goods that the city and the port city thrived. In 1699, a ship left Liverpool for Africa to pick up a cargo of over 200 Africans bound for the island of Barbados. Liverpool had entered the slave trade and by the end of the 1700s, 80% of Britain's slave trade involved a departure or arrival from the Liverpool docks. Slavery was finally abolished in the British colonies in 1833, but by that time Liverpool had become a major industrial and financial centre in the British Empire. The Leaving of Liverpool. The Great Famine of the 1840s in Ireland triggered an exodus of Irish from their impoverished homelands. It's estimated that 300,000 arrived in Liverpool during the year of 1847 alone. Liverpool was a destination city for these Irish, promising work on the large infrastructure projects happening all over the northwest of England. However, as Eunice pointed out earlier, it was also a gateway to the other large cities of England and onwards to the promise of a new life in Canada, the USA, Australia and beyond. I always did like the sea shanty, the leaving of Liverpool. Have you ever heard it? It captures the sentiment of so many of the emigrants who left Liverpool and set off for a new life in the new world. Have a listen to that beautiful version by Tommy, Makem and the Clancy brothers whenever you get a chance. It's called The Leaving of Liverpool. However, as we mentioned earlier, many Irish remained in Liverpool and by 1851 almost 25% of the population of the city were born in Ireland. So let's look at three of the families who left a harsh life behind in Ireland and made their way to Liverpool in the early part of the 20th century. First, we have Owen Mohan. He was born in County Monaghan in 1880. And like many young men and women from the north of the island, he first emigrated to Glasgow, where he worked as a coal merchant and married an Irish girl by the name of Mary Theresa Danaher a name that came from County Limerick originally. Shortly after their marriage, they followed the work which brought them to the city of Liverpool and here they settled and raised a family. On the other side of the country from County Monaghan, down we went to County Wexford and there was James Darby French and his wife, Ellen Whelan. They shared a two acre farm with five children. As you might imagine, this was extremely tough to make a living here. And when James and Ellen died, their children sold the farm and divided the proceeds between them. One of their children, John French, used his share to get on the boat to Liverpool, where he signed up for the local police force. He met a local girl called Louise Woolham, and between them, they started a family of seven children. Finally, we meet an Irishman by the uh, name of James Lennon. He was born and raised in Dublin, but made his way over to Liverpool for better prospects. After a number of years in Liverpool, he met and married Mary Ann Maguire, just after the outbreak of the First World War in 1915. The couple started a family and remained in Liverpool for the rest of their lives. Now, these are just three of the thousands of Irish families that made Liverpool their home from the middle of the 1840s. However, these particular families are bound together by their grandchildren, three of whom went on to start the band called the Beatles. Maybe you've heard of them. The Mohans were the grandparents of Paul McCartney. The Frenches were the grandparents of George Harrison and the Lennons the grandparents of, you guessed it, John Lennon. Sorry, Ringo, I could not find your Irish connections, Mike says. In October of 1962, the Beatles had their first chart hit with Love Me Do, and the rest, as they say, is history. In our case, based on a fair bit of Irish history. What a great tale there from Mike and all of Mike's letters are available in a letter from Ireland. He now has three volumes, volume one, two and three, available on Amazon. And isn't it amazing? Liverpool and the Fab Four. And of course, when we were in Liverpool, we did take a photo with that wonderful statue of the famous guys on the quayside. Sure, aren't they one of our own after all? Well, that was something special. We can claim the Beatles for our Irish ancestry story. Couldn't leave Liverpool without telling that tale. So thank you, Mike, for your letter, which was the inspiration for the show. And we really must head back to Liverpool again soon and enjoy the city that is inextricably linked with all us Irish. And if your ancestors passed this way and through Clarence Gate and Dock, just think you'll be walking in their footsteps along the quayside by the Mersey River in that port of Liverpool. If you get the opportunity, do visit. And if you do, be sure to enjoy the city and walk down to Clarence Dock and stand by the memorable gate. And remember the strength of your ancestors who overcame terrible times and you are now their mark in the world today. And so another one of our journeys on the Letter from Ireland show comes to an end. A warm thanks to all our friends in the Green Room and our readers on the Letter from Ireland and to all our listeners for your company on today's Letter from Ireland show. I do hope you enjoyed it. Remember, listeners, it's your connection, friendship and stories that make it a joy to be part of this great venture we have together exploring our Irish heritage. If some of your own ancestors made that journey from their Irish homeland to Liverpool and beyond, we'd love to hear from you. Do feel free to share any stories of your own and you can let your comments and check out more at aletterfromireland.com forward slash 307. We look forward to joining you again soon and next time... Um, I have a very special show ahead and it's a little bit about my own ancestral journey. So I look forward to having your company again next time on the Letter from Ireland show. Everybody for today, slán, goodbye in Irish, slán, slán till we meet again, slán go bye for now, Corina. Just before we go, thanks again for listening. And if you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show... We invite you to check out our special membership area called The Green Room. You can find full details of The Green Room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. And remember there, green room is all one word. The Green Room is the essential resource for anyone at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. It's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. You get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member only access to JohnGrenham.com and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anyone starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So do come and join us at aletterfromireland.com forward slash Green Room. Well, that's it for me, and I'll be back next week with another installment of The Letter from Ireland show. Look forward to chatting with you then. Slán Karina.